Hi, welcome to Stampcast. Um, before we start, I'd like to say this is not a history podcast, and we have no idea what we're talking about in terms of history, but what you should take away from it is the questions and the topics that we bring up. I'm Vinny. I'm joined by uh, two very cool people. Uh, I'm Lucas Meza. Hi, I'm Sydney. So I think the first thing we want to bring up is uh, who's telling the book and the way they're speaking about the situation that they're talking about. I think Sydney should start it off because we're reading Stamped and the author, Jason Reynolds, is talking about just his life as a living in like a black America. And I cannot personally attest to that. For all of our listeners out there that don't know, I am black. However, I do disagree with Vinny's statement about how the book is about Jason Reynolds and the experiences that he's gone through. I think that the book is about the history of Black America and how that came to be, beginning with slavery and ending in the present day with police brutality and everything else. Lucas, what about you? Uh, yeah, just, you know, what Sydney said. The book isn't really, it's not a focus on the writer itself. Doesn't focus on the history. No, I guess not. The, yeah, I know the history of the origins of racism in and you know leading into America. It's not necessarily about Jason himself. Okay, so it's agreed. I was completely wrong. Um, okay, next question. <laughs> um, so next thing we we want to bring up is it. That is this a voice that we've ever heard before, or and if so, like what's unique about it? So in terms of me, um, it's definitely different. I've heard about it before, like you know things, like only secondhand experiences, like friends or the news or whatever have you. But it's just the way Jason Reynolds talks about it from a very like personal place and about like the history of like of it from the very start um, is something I've never really heard. So to me, it was a different perspective and I thought it was really useful to like get from. The same for me. Uh, most, most of what he mentions in his book, most of what he talks about in his book is new to me. I haven't heard about 75% of what he's wrote about so far and yeah so for yeah so for me it's just it's a completely different side that just never seen before this is not a unique voice for me i've heard it before um as a little girl i can remember watching roots which is centered on the african-american side of slavery and everything that the slaves went through. Um, And I also remember watching documentaries about the Civil War and watching everything um, on the news from present day. So this is not a unique voice for me at all.
Do you think that all voices are being represented? And do you think that there are any voices being left out of the book? All the voices that need to be in the story for it to be like an impactful like book are there. Like, yeah. I guess. There, there's no... Yeah, because the, the, what I'm trying to say is the point of the book is it's focused on the black people history. Uh, you know, starting off with slavery, and, you know, the first racist and all that, who were all, you know, um, against black people, I guess. So, since the focus of the book is solely on the black community, uh, on the on the history of anti-black racism, then there's no need for any other voice. It's just a if anything, I guess it would probably overload because, you know, it's not, that's not the focus of the book. So there's no need to bring in, like, like anti-Asian or uh, any other kind of voice into it. It's, it's boring, but I essentially have the same thing to say as Lucas. And I feel like I can't really add to it. What do you think happened? So when they're not representing. Lucas, that's a great question that you came up with at the top of your head just now. And Amazing. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Pro move, gotta say. Thank you. So Thank I think you. um I, I think the second half of the questions when they're not represented, um more so in the topic of just like general like social instances and like things. I think when they aren't represented, it becomes, in essence, a single story, which we've been talking about. Because say you go through your life and you hear about, oh, these people are like this and they do this. And that's all you hear because you don't have any representation from that part of the world, whether it's like certain religions or races. So that becomes like the single story you have of them for the rest of your life, which is what we've kind of gone over is that it's dangerous because that leads to like, you know, just kind of not understanding and lack of empathy with certain things, I think. So that's, uh, that's what I think. What about Sid? I 100% agree with you, Benny. Um, just to address the first part of the question, I think that when all voices are represented, you get the full picture, the full story. When all voices aren't represented specifically within this book, dealing with the African-American community, we see young men and young women thinking that they're going to grow up to be single moms or drug addicts or part of a gang, um, just reinforcing those stereotypes, which I think is super impactful, especially when you bring up things like a single story, because that's what the media puts out there, and that's what they think they're going to be. I think that also with just what we learned this week with the TED Talk, um, Chimamanda Adichie does a really good job with linking stereotypes in single stories. I specifically like the story that she where she talked about her roommate. Her roommate thought that since she was from Africa, she listened to tribal music and she didn't know how to use a stove. Um, 
just because that's all that she read or that's all that she saw on TV. Another example being that um, in that same TED talk that Sydney mentioned, uh, Aviche, Aviche, uh, also mentioned, Aviche also mentioned she herself was guilty of believing a single story because as an American, most of what you'll hear from about immigrants, especially Mexican ones or ones from the south side of the border, are that they are um, drug dealers, or that they're or yeah, but yeah, drug dealers. That they're coming through the border to deal drugs and to make money and to make America, you know, a more drug-filled place, which isn't true. There's only at the most, the 1% of the entirety of, for example, Mexico. But because you'll hear that a lot, that Hispanics are drug dealers, and that any illegal immigrant is a drug dealer, then that's just, that's just what you believe for a while until you saw for yourself or, or you heard differently. That was a really good point, Lucas. Thank you for all of our listeners out there who are listening. Until next time, Stampcast signing off. Next time on Stampcast. I remember going to swim one day with my mom and my brother in the car. It was raining and we were late. My mom was speeding a little bit. We got pulled over and um, I remember my mom saying, you know what to do. And from that point, my brother and I proceeded to put our hands out on the back of the seat spread out so that the officer could see our hands. I was seven and my brother was about four or five. Um, at four or five years old, no kid should ever, ever have to be in fear of their own life. And no kid should ever have to know what to do so that they don't die in their mother's arms.